I know I just ran, almost ran over a dog, but I wouldn't have stopped, and I don't think that that is illegal. Probably not the most compassionate. N yeah, I mean. <laughs> probably isn't the most compassionate of responses, but I, I, I don't think on the books, on the law books, on the statutes of law, I don't believe that running over a dog accidentally is a crime. Okay, not but it only would have, the way that you would have done it would have only been like minimally accidentally too because I said, Mark, don't run over that dog. And then you said, well, if I ran over that dog, it wouldn't be illegal, which feels premeditated. <laughs> I've got the armor of law. I've got the armor of the law on my side. <laughs> okay, but the armor of conscience is not on your side. And you're still mourning that bird that you hit the other day. Yeah, so, I did. Yeah, fair enough. Um, open the wrong lane. Yeah, well. There we go. Whee! Uh, I'll tell you something else that isn't illegal but feels it, and I can't take credit for this, this is a tweet, but I looked it okay. up afterwards, All right. and yes indeed. If you so wished, uh, you could go to a pet shop mm -hmm. in here, in Britain, we would say like pet at home or somewhere like that. Mm -hmm. Buy a load of gerbils, uh -huh. and just straight up grill them in the car park. What? You could fucking just buy some rats or something, or some mice, and just barbecue them in the car park, no and that is not way. a crime. Not a crime. Real, uh, that's gotta be, okay, did you look that up under like specifically like is it illegal to like buy pets and like what did you Google? Well I, I looked at kind of pet law, pet laws, pet laws, animal law and What about meat law? Cruelty to animals, cruelty to animals is a crime obviously, but obviously. if you inhumanely killed them you could then quite happily grill and eat them I think right there in the open in the car park. But what about food law? Nah, there's no- Nah! You can you eat what you want. You have food bars. Yeah, we do, but not if I'm opening a fucking rat restaurant. I'm not doing that. <laughs> Whoa, mate, what the fuck are you doing? Yikes. I don't think he Oh, knows. this fucking knobhead. <laughs> <laughs> it's Joag it's on Jack the road. It's Jack Joag on the road. Uh, <laughs> friends, Welcome, please, welcome, welcome, thrice welcome and thrice blessed to Jack of All Graves. It's another Joag first. Mm. It's another Joag boundary that we've broken, a barrier that we've smashed, another glass ceiling that we've obliterated. This is the first time anywhere ever in the history of podcasts that a podcast has been recorded in a moving vehicle, in a car. Isn't that right, Corey? Yeah, I can see why in all your videos your wife is putting her finger in her ear. Oh, really? Do I... <laughs> you project, my dear friend. I do, I do. I'm a trained, I'm a trained You're performer. You're a thespian, yes. if you will. And yes, of course, the first podcast ever on the planet Earth to record in a car that is science, that is history, yeah. don't look it up. Nope. No, 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 no. Those, those are facts. Those are Joag facts. That's a yes. Joag guarantee. <laughs> uh, I got my GoPro on the windscreen here. We're, me and Corey are both mic'd up and God damn it, we're Joagging on the road. We are. Um, and it's a, a free form sort of episode here. Uh, our just thoughts it's our as thoughts, we yeah. drive from Bristol where we have just recorded some delightful video content that we're really excited to to show to you um, we are now I don't know where we are but it's pretty it is pretty um, and just from a kind of a health and safety point of view uh, those ding ding those chimes that you'll occasionally hear those are my that's my sat nav telling me yes. when the turns are so please you know don't get scared <laughs> Except for probably all the many times that you're going to react to hazards on the road. I'll tell you something. Mm. We will be on the news if we die here. We will. We, we will be on the news if we have a motorway crash. Is right that here. so? Yes. Idiots recording a podcast in the car. That's true. Yeah. Cause pileup. But we won't. <laughs> We're going to try not to do that. Um, so yeah, gerbils. I, st I think that there's... I don't know. I'm not... I also don't know how you like humanely kill a pile of gerbils, but I just feel like there are ways. <laughs> I just feel like there's probably some sort of it's more than one way to skin a gerbil. That's the old saying, oh, isn't it? Jesus so listen, how is uh, how is your last week in where I look like Britain gone in the UK? Uh, it's been it's been delightful. It's been very chill. I've been in Birmingham for the last week or so. Yeah. Um, hanging out with friend of the cast Richard and yeah. his wife uh, Jen. Lovely. They've been cooking for me. And they're good people. They're great people. They've been spoiling me absolutely rotten. Uh, so it's been just an absolute blast. I haven't done a whole lot this this week. You know, when I was in London, I was like wandering a ton and all that. And this past week, I've just kind of been chilling out, you know? Nice. And uh, it's, it's been really good. What about you, Mark? How's your week been? Oh, listen, just work. Work has been next level awful this last mm. week. Just un untold depths of fucking horror and pain in my job this last week. Oh, fun. 
Not great. Uh, but so this weekend, this weekend of just roaming around the place, doing investigative podcast journalism. Yes. It's been exactly what I needed. It's been fantastic. We've, yep. we've taken the air. <laughs> taken the air. <laughs> I always enjoy uh, hanging out with you in person, Mark, because oh, I, I, I mean, multiple reasons. Just because you're a lovely person, one of my oh, best friends. Very, very much enjoy hanging out with you. Also because you're a little bit of an absurd person, mm. uh, which I just find endlessly wonderful. And my favorite two um, interactions with strangers this weekend uh, between you and you and strangers uh, have been as we were um, leaving like this market uh, in the city center uh, a older lady said to you um, do you know Bristol and you said I know of it <laughs> and proceeded to be absolutely useless in giving them any help even with the use of a map uh, which was fantastic um, and then last night we went to the movies and uh, on the way out of the movie, you turned to the fellow who was exiting behind you and uh, said, you know, oh, it's a bit shit, huh, mate? And the guy went, oh, I, I kind of liked it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and as I said to you at the time, that is something I'm, I am known for doing. I, 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 I do that all the time. I often go to the cinema on my own. In fact, I prefer it. Not on this occasion, of course. It was lovely to see a movie with you, but I, I tend to prefer the cinema solo. Right, yes. And I will often turn to a fellow moviegoer on the way out and go, eh, what do you think of that? <laughs> Or offer my own opinion. Sure. Uh, as I did on the, in this case. Yes. But I, I look. Hey, as we'll talk about very shortly, I have thoughts on this film. They're good, they're good ones. They're good. They're good thoughts. <laughs> Better thoughts than one would would think. We actually mm. had a weirdly good time with a very bad movie. Yep. So, you know, we'll get there. Um, we've seen some, you know, just really nice things. Bristol's a gorgeous city. Um, with. I mean, we went to a cemetery yesterday. Obviously on that, brand. Obviously, it is jack of all graves. After all, what would it be without graves? graves? To jack in front of? Mm. Maybe not. No jacking happened. Jack on graves. all graves. <laughs> That's our mission. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, we uh, went to the cemetery that was expansive and had like a gift shop when you walked in and not even... Yep. It, it's hard to, it like, was like any gift shop anywhere where it so, sold like little like stuffed animals and toys and like did not feel graveyard related at all. Yeah. It's like, oh, if you wanted to buy some like little crochet bunnies or something like that, like. The take I came away with was that it was a graveyard which was uh, almost making an attempt to yassify death, to, to make it more <laughs> pleasant, to make it a yeah. place that you could come and contemplate and relax. Exactly, there was a huge <coughs> cafe. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was like oddly nice, which, you know, I kind of told you a little bit yesterday, but I, I sort of appreciated, <coughs> I sort of appreciated that um, take on a cemetery, you know, because as much as like, of course you want it to be a place of quiet contemplation and a place yes. where you can mourn and all of that stuff. You know, I've said many times that it, it, when I die, I want a gravestone that says something silly on it, you know, so that when people are walking through... Any ideas? Any thoughts? Well, no. It's a, this is a lifelong thing for me. So if other people have thoughts on what's a really good gravestone... Like, I think I've said before, one of my favorite gravestones is of uh, John Hancock. Are you familiar with John Hancock? I know that... Why, for some reason, his name has become synonymous with writing your signature. I don't exactly. understand why that is. Uh, it's because he was one of the signers of the Declaration of Independence. Ah. And if you look at the Declaration, he has this big old giant okay. signature. So you can't miss it. It's just too much. It's over the top. And that's kind of the, the dude John Hancock was. And his name being Hancock, uh, you know, he apparently had fun with that. Mm -hmm. And his grave is just a giant penis. It's no. just in this in the cemetery. Um, just to pause, uh, you can oh, see it's there. The bridge. That's that's not Clifton Suspension Bridge. Uh -huh. That's the Prince of Wales Bridge. Okay. Which uh, connects England to Wales. Oh, we're so close. It's yep. so wild. Normally we wouldn't take this route, but I've done a little detour just to show you the Prince of Wales Bridge. That's very kind of you. Because I know you that didn't I show me the yeah, other yeah, bridge. Yeah, I tipped you out of doing the of, of seeing the Clifton Suspension Bridge. So there you go. <laughs> Behold, in all its glory. The Prince of Wales Bridge, it's which a was a toll, bridge. a toll bridge, until uh, maybe three or four years ago, when they removed the toll booths and made it free for all hey. to both enter and exit England and Wales on either side. 
as it should be. I completely agree. So John Hancock's grave, anyway, um, it's pretty easy to find when you're walking through Boston. I think it's along the Freedom Trail even. It's right across from uh, the Omni Parker Hotel, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, and it's in this little, little graveyard. Uh, often you'll find like, I want to call them cosplayers, but that's not what we used to call them. Uh, Reenactors, yeah, sure, sure, like sure. dressed like Ben Franklin and yeah, things yeah, yeah. like that. Um, and then in there, it, it can't, you can't miss it. It will catch your eye. There is just a giant dick in the middle of the of the graveyard. And Did he, was this something he requested, or was it? Oh, a prank? it had to have been. No, I'm sure. I don't know for sure the history of it, but it seems that that was his personality. It seems like what he would want, and. Fair um, yeah, and it says John Hancock on it, and it's delightful. Good, good for him. <laughs> I didn't see any dicks in the uh, the cemetery that we were in yesterday. Just us. <laughs> Just us. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, uh, but, yeah, I kind of like this idea of, like, a cemetery that, you know, has, like, a beautiful cafe, it has a gift shop, it's, you know, expansive, it has grounds, people get married there, which I think is pretty cool. Um, and, yeah, it... It was just kind of like a neat idea to me for it to be like, yes, people are going to go there and they're going to mourn and all that kind of stuff, but yep. also it's a place that like takes away that distance from death that yep. we always have, where it's like, wouldn't it be nice to have a coffee amongst the dead people, you know? Mm. Yep, I completely agree, and that's a vibe that you and I have been, you know, we, we are very death positive on Jack of All Graves. Mm -hmm. uh, a good life, a good death, those are the things that, exactly. you know, the, the very, the very, on a basic level those are the two principles of Jack of all graves live well die well right exactly um, so yeah that was a pretty cool place and to stay go. spooky and stay spooky obviously the end That's see you later bye, next like, week uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, should we Thelma and Louise in <laughs> just stay spooky like, <laughs> just might as let's well. drive down to fucking Dover and just yeet ourselves off the cliff <laughs> that's how we end Joag eventually yeah. you know like you be like 90 years old and like alright Time to take things, this off the cliff. All the way to Switzerland. Yes, I feel great about that. Um, what else have we been? So you've got one more week left. Um, no, you got two more weeks left, didn't you? You got two more weeks left, left, you? Weeks left, left in the UK. Um, is it, uh, right? Let me ask you this: Do you have any? Do you have a wish list? Do you have a UK wish list mm. before you go? Anything I can help happen? That's a really good question. Yeah, I don't know. I have been in such like a take it easy sort of mood, you know, and kind of chill in it. But I do feel like maybe, you know, with two weeks here, I should think of something. What would be, what's something I should do, do you think? <sighs> British touristy bits. Um, have you well, been... it doesn't have to be touristy, you know? Like, yeah, what, true, true. You know, like you could send me to a big cemetery or something. I'd be the happiest gal on earth. Like, what, what would you do? What's a thing that... You're well, like, Corrigan would love that. Well, we've been to Highgate Cemetery, so that's, have, you know... Yeah. Done, I'm not going back to London. No, you're not going to go back to London, no? No, no. Okay. Uh, were I in a foreign country on my own sure. with a couple of weeks to kill, mm -hmm. I, I, would, I think I would spend the entire thing in the cinema on my own. I would watch everything. <laughs> I kind of have been doing you that, have, though, you, since yeah. I've been here. And we'll talk about this again, but I've, I've watched Super Mario, I've watched uh, Renfield, I've watched Pope's Exorcist. Like, I've, I've spent a good amount of time in the good. cinema, to be honest. I expect nothing less. I've, yeah, kind of sampled your cinema wares. In oh, right, okay, so there's, there's a topic. How, do, how does UK, the UK theatrical experience compare to the American? That's a good question. Um, Especially because at this point, so I've been to The View in your city. Yep. Um, I have been to an Everyman in London. I've also been to the Odeon there. And I went to another Odeon yesterday. Two days ago. Whatever. I don't know. I don't know what's time even. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's not like the full gamut of types of theaters, but I think in my experiences so far, people have been much more respectful mm. in the theaters. Um, I'm glad, you, glad to hear you say Yeah, that. I haven't had any, like, people talk to the movie or anything like that kind of situations, so that's been nice. Um, the, most of the theaters that I've gone to have been pretty fancy, so, like, they're very comfortable, which is nice, and have huge screens, and I've been going to, like, the indie theater in my, um, in my town, so Montclair. I'm, like, in Montclair, yes, not Claremont. <laughs> um, the, yeah, so I'm kind of used to a smaller screen and, you know, less of a, like, Did I ever tell you about experience. my cinema experience in the Philippines? 
I don't know. So, went to, uh, <laughs> and I'm doing air quotes here while I'm driving, a cinema in the Philippines, right? Right. To see uh, Colin Farrell in Total Recall. Oh wow. Right, the remake okay, of Total yeah. Recall. Mm -hmm. Just simply because I was going a little bit stir crazy. A few of our party had gone down with diphtheria, if you can believe oh, that. Jesus Christ. Or was it typhoid? Well, what either of those are things that, you know, you just <laughs> don't feel like people get. <laughs> no. So I was on my own, I was healthy, I was hanging out, I was super hot but super bored. So I thought, right, I'm gonna head out and go to the cinema. Uh, the cinema was what looked like a load of like 50 sheets of A4 paper stapled to a wall, <laughs> right? With a projector in the middle of the room, sure. connected to a laptop, playing Total Recall, beamed onto oh, the, to this mosaic that. of A4, A4 paper. It was great. Did really. that enhance your experience of the movie or? Uh, I think it was a shitter anyway, <laughs> but the ambience was, was quite something. It was like nothing I'd ever seen before. Yeah, I feel like with Total Recall, I'm pretty sure I saw that, and I feel like it was all right, but forgettable. I don't remember being like, oh, that was the worst thing I've ever seen or anything. But they like, changed a lot, yeah. but they did keep the most important thing from Total Recall. What's that? Woman with the three titties. <laughs> Listen, you gotta know your audience. <laughs> and everyone, everyone would've been on Letterboxd afterwards, like, where, where are the titties? Where were the titties? Yeah, <laughs> they kept that in. So I guess job done. Yeah, I mean, there you go. Um, yeah, but I would say I have enjoyed the theaters. When I went to The View, I told you I was like, oh, it's it's so cheap, which is great. Um, but I've also been to like several of them that are just like out of hand expensive yes, <laughs> at this yes. point. Like it was like 20 pounds for um, seeing Renfield the other day. Oh my God. Yeah, I was like, that's... Where was that, Odeon? Yeah, it was 20 Odeon. fucking bones yeah. to just, just to see a film. That's yep. Was, you know, the popcorn wasn't super expensive, so there's that. I got a medium popcorn, it was like five pounds or whatever, like not terrible. But yeah, the call ticket quid, was call it quid. Five, five quid? Yeah. <laughs> I, I got popcorn for five quid, obviously. <laughs> five quid. I got, I got popcorn wasn't super expensive. Popcorn for five that. quid. I love the way you're so entertained when I say anything like mildly British. Like when it's I brilliant. simply said the phrase cup of, cup of tea. tea. You said cup of tea, it was brilliant. <laughs> did and you I, say it like that? Yeah, you did. And I likened it to when you, you, you listen to like a Welsh radio or Welsh TV and all of a sudden they'll just drop in a British word in right. the middle and it's super conspicuous. Uh, you were all like, American, 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 cup of tea. <laughs> and it was sweet. It was the sweetest thing. Uh, yeah, I am well aware, like, uh, you're always in that spot. I was talking with Sam about this last week of, like, I think taking on people's accents or ways of speaking is like a sign yep. of empathy, you know? Like, it's a way you try to connect with people. Yep. But it also feels like you can sound like you're mocking people or like you're trying to be someone you're not or yep. things like that. So it's always that fine line of, like, you know, not mimicking people's accents yep. or things like that, but also kind of talking the way people talk. Exactly that. Um, Which but, you I, 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 you, you will know that week before last we spent the week with my mom on holiday mm -hmm. and the, even though both my mother and Laura from the same country speak in the same language, there's a language barrier, there's a communications mm -hmm. barrier, an accent barrier, plus my mother's going deaf. Oh yeah. So there was a lot of, pardon, what? Pardon, <laughs> what did she say? Pardon, oh, no. what? What? Say that again. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of that, a lot of that. Well they're not from the same country are they? The same. Land Union. Mass. Yeah, 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 yeah. The same kingdom. Nation? Kingdom. Yeah. Fuck. Oh. Oh boy. Uh oh. Here it comes. Oh, you got some bad news. Oh, I got you? some. Ba no, I'm just so disappointed. I'm yeah. hurt. I'm disappointed. I'm let down. Mm -hmm. And things aren't really going to be the same again. Uh, so I'm delighted with the list of you know. There's a there's a list as long as your arm of British music artists yes. who have declined the invitation to play at the fucking, again, air quotes, coronation of air quotes, my king. <laughs> I don't think coronation is an air quote, air quotes thing. I think that is what it is. Well, not to me it isn't because I don't recognize him, right? Sure. He's a fake king. It's a fake fucking title. It's a fake rank. He's a fake king. Sure. And I am disgusted and just so let down by Katy Perry, my wife, my parasocial wife, Katy Perry for accepting an invitation to play at the King's Coronation. I'm disgusted and I'm more than a little angry. And next time we meet, 
She's gonna hear about it. I'm gonna go, Katie, love, why? What are you thinking? See, here's here's the difference in our little um, relationships with our celebrities because also take that we'll be playing the coronation. Oh, no surprise at all. Um, right, neither is Katy Perry, a noted Republican. Uh, and uh, listen, I was like, oh, take that's playing. Of course they are. It's just Gary Barlow chasing that fucking knighthood, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Is. You know, it's Crazy like I can't, I can't be let down. I understand yeah. where they're coming from. You have been in denial. I expected about better Katie from Katy Perry. Perry. And, and there's just no reason. There's no, I there's nothing more. in her history you know, to say that. She knew, she agreed to do that knowing how much it would hurt me. I know. <laughs> Maybe in part to hurt you. Mm. You know, mm. that's uh, love hurts. It does. And there it is. Uh, it is funny though that like I just ran out of Brits to get for the coronation. Like I don't, Katy Perry, she's married to one, I guess. Is so she? Orlando Bloom. Oh, of course. Yeah, 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 of course. So maybe that that's their reasoning. I don't know. It just seems like everyone said no. He's gonna be Legolas is gonna be so pissed off when he finds out <laughs> about me and Katy Perry. But nobody really likes King Charles, right? Like it just Fuck seems like no. it's just a. Well, the, yeah. the the same people who like the Queen like the King. Do they? Know? Oh yeah, yeah. They they've just re-upped. I feel like King I've Charles. seen more negativity. Like, you know, Twitter is a bubble, whatever. But I feel like whenever I used to click trends about the Queen, about royals, things like that, it was always like very positive. People defending the monarchy, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I see a lot more anti-Charles sentiment and like more pro Meghan and Harry sentiment than I used to see. Like, um, like as if like just that, <laughs> the queen dying made people start to, to think more about nah, that. Nah, I, I don't, I don't believe so. I don't believe so. Maybe I don't it's believe there will be. Maybe Twitter bubble, but. Yeah, there, there will be no questions asked. There will be no conversations held. No, yeah, certainly that is not what I'm implying. I merely have noted that when I look at trends now, it seems like there's a little more negativity <laughs> than there once was. Uh, about the queen who is everybody's grandmother, as you know. Well, not mine. And not yours. I, again, if, if, if I see... Your, your wife's grandma, so that kind of makes her your yeah. grandmother-in-law. Oh, I guess it does. Yeah, I guess it does. But anyway, I, I don't know. I need, I need something to do on the day of the coronation. I need to, to remove myself from society. You're going to sit there and watch it. I'm not. I'm, actually, I'm absolutely not. I'm absolutely it. not. I, the funeral... The Queen's funeral, I sat there and I watched quite a bit of it because mm -hmm. obviously it was a day I'd been long awaiting. It's true, yeah. But the coronation, I could not give a fig for. Okay. So a fig? Not a fig. Not one single nah. fig. Are so figs I'll, cheap? Is that why? It, oh, it, ten it, a penny, maybe. All right, all right. I'm with you. That is, you really don't care. So, yeah, I'll, I'll need to take myself away from society because obviously mm. Laura will be all in. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to need to not be. Yeah. What what are your do your kids go like oh mom and dad have different thoughts are they early like, aware at all oh like, yeah yeah <laughs> what yeah. do they say what's their they they are very very aware that Laura and I are very different mm -hmm. they are starting to learn how to leverage that <laughs> they're starting to learn how to get the very the best out of each of us the uh, most out sure, of each of us sure yeah you know? yeah. I'm just going to draw your attention to that sign on the left there. We are being directed towards Slimbridge Wildfowl Centre. Oh. Now, uh, a, uh, a facility owned by the Wildlife and Wetlands Trust. And I think any Brit from the South or the Midlands listening to this of an age, of a certain age, will have had a school trip take them to Slimbridge Wildfowl and Wetlands Centre. You go see ducks and geese and fucking terns. Okay. And lots of birds in some lovely unspoiled wetlands habitat. Oh. And I'm delighted that it's still running, it's still open. Do, do kids have fun doing that? That seems like a thing that like adults like. Ah, uh, I don't know if fun is where I would, I mean, I remember going to Slimbridge. I don't think it, it'll go down in my life as one of the best days ever, but it's, <laughs> if, if you like birds, you'll enjoy Slimbridge. Okay. It is mildly indifferent to birds as a youngster. Mm. Obviously, I, I quite like them now. Yeah. Uh, as you know, I've been deeply obsessed with the uh, magpie. Really in Britain? Like yes. Yeah, so they're very common. We don't, yeah, very common here, and we don't have them at home. Uh, and I'm just obsessed with them. And I, I was telling you, I nearly texted you the other day to tell you there was a magpie outside my window. And I realized it's not. No. It's not special. I would give a fig. Yeah. <laughs> it was a very, like, I think... Like with normal things like that, I'm starting to feel a little like Buddy the Elf. 
Like, I just keep on, like, yeah, yeah. exclaiming things to you well, that you're like, you, okay. What, what, you know, after, you've been here, what, like, three weeks? I Maybe think two weeks. More, two weeks. Yeah. What else is, is sticking out to you then? What else are you, are you still kind of, ooh, uh, are you um, wide-eyed and open-jawed about? Well, I still... Well, I don't understand driving still, so okay. it's always an adventure being in a car because I just constantly think everybody's going to hit stuff. Yeah. So, you Yeah, I, we, you said to me earlier on, we get closer to people at stoplights yeah, or whatever. Yeah, I think British cars are, like, lighter. Smaller, um, maybe? Yeah, smaller. They, like, they turn easier. I noticed, like, every car has an amazing turning radius, stuff like that. And so, like, we tend to, like, stop, like, at least a car length behind other people. You know, you, you give people a good amount of space. And Brits, like, come right up against the next car's ass. And I've been doing, like, the air brake thing that parents do when they're teaching their kids to drive. Yeah, 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 yeah. Every time we pull up behind somebody. I'm quite heavy on the brake as well, so I've been enjoying you kind of rocking back and forth every time I <laughs> apply a slight yeah, increase I don't, in the PSI. Yeah, I don't brace my body at all in the car, so every time you hit the brake, I'm like, whee! Uh, so there's that. Um, I'm trying to think of other things. Yeah, the, the birds are a big one. I like the squirrels. The squirrels are really skinny and cute. Um, I've been really enjoying those as well. The fields of, <laughs> the rape fields are yeah. really pretty, yeah. uh, which is what we, I think we call it canola. That's what Richard was telling me. For whatever reason, in rape the year seed. of our Lord 2023, you still call it rape, rape here. Seed, yeah. uh, and the fields of it are gorgeous. Yeah, they are. They're beautiful. Um, it is also lambing season. Oh my god, the lambs! Yeah. There are lambs everywhere! So every field you drive past, you've got gambling lambs, yeah. uh, oh, blossoming so daffodils. It's beautiful. Yeah, and as you've seen, this is another one of these, like, Buddy the Elf things that, like, you've had to deal with me all weekend. Every time I see a dog, it's like it's the first dog I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> and that is we correct. were There's so many of them in England. They're everywhere. Everybody's got dogs. And, restaurants and things or bars maybe not restaurants but pubs and things like that let people bring their dogs in so everywhere I turn they're just like beautiful dogs and so I constantly am just weirdly saying oh hey baby to people's pets as they walk by which doesn't I feel like I'm the only one doing that yeah uh, so you know when people hear the accent I think I get away with a lot yeah, I think you get by on that, don't you? <laughs> I can be as big a weirdo yeah. as I want. A problem I have here is even in cities, things not being open at all. So the hours on businesses are a deep problem for me and I needed lipstick and I have not been able to buy lipstick because nothing is ever open. Yeah, sorry about that. You're gonna have to go into Birmingham this week at some point. Yeah, I'm gonna have to find a place to go. But yeah, so that's been I think my my complaints of the week are opening hours and salt, not enough salt on okay. food. Well, if those are your two major complaints, then I'm I guess we're right. not doing too bad. Yeah, we're having a pretty good time. Yeah. Uh, it feels we, like a good place to segue into yeah, watches, doesn't want it? to talk about what we watched? Yeah, go for it. You've seen Renfield. I saw Renfield. Uh, it was a rainy day the other day. Um, and so Jen and Richard and I smuggled some... Um, Brews and G and T's oh, into nice. yeah into the theater, and we watched Renfield, which was a really good time. I mean, it is like a tight ninety minutes. It's like fun. It's funny, but not you know overly clever. It's not too proud of itself. That kind of thing. Um, good characters, even. I mean, I'm not gonna say Aquafina was good in it, but she didn't make it, so I hated the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Where a lot of times that's the case. I just kept thinking, God, imagine this was if this was played by someone who was good at comedy. Yeah, yeah. That role, this would be like a perfect movie. What do you, why don't you like her so much? I thought she was universally beloved. No, absolutely not. Like, huh. look on Twitter at the search term Aquafina, and you will find <laughs> that she is not a universally beloved character. Here's the thing. Is she like just the one name like Zendaya? Well, yes, but you know Aquafina is like a water brand, right? No. Aquafina is a water brand. Um, so oh, so it's not her real name. Right. She got her start, I think, on like YouTube or something like that. Um, I could be wrong, but something of that as like a rapper. Okay. <laughs> and so that's like her stage name is Aquafina, spelled wrong, okay. but it's, you know, so it's kind of supposed to be funny. Um, 
and that like that is not funny. <laughs> right. Like it's kind of silly, like oh, like water, but you know whatever. Anyways, she her whole shtick, which is the same reason that I don't enjoy Ken Jong and things, is that like their entire shtick is like acting like black people, but it's funny because they're Asian. Which is like two different forms of racist, where it's like both this idea of like, you know, taking on black mannerisms and stuff, essentially, you know, one step short of blackface. And on top of it, just the kind of like the way we laugh at Asians for like, just like trying to be anything else other than model minority. So it's just like, just what she does is not funny. And then she's kind of, because she was criticized so heavily for acting black, she has like kind of dialed that back, but she also has like no comedic timing at all. Oh no. Uh, and so she's, and like she just, the way that she does things to be funny is just like grating to me. Um, I can see how like little kids would like her with the scratchy voice and things like that. Yeah, so sure. like she's like a voice actor and everything and stuff like that. But like as a full grown adult, and like her, her comedy level is about like a 12 year old. I don't like her in things. It usually ruins things, but it didn't ruin Renfield for me because Nicholas Holt is wonderful. Like, yeah. I mean, you really, you can't go with Nicholas Holt. Uh, Nicholas Cage is leaning in hard and is now, great in his Nicholas role. Holt, I feel as though I'm often confusing him with someone. Oh, okay. He's not the guy who was in the menu, is he? Yeah, that's him. Fine, right, okay, I'm not confusing with somebody. I've got a perfect that's grasp on who Nicholas good, Holt excellent. is. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, Nicolas Cage is great in it. It's got um, Ben Schwartz, who I love. Um, you know, all and it's violent as fuck in hilarious ways. You know, Mark, that amongst my favorite violent tropes in anything are people getting thrown at other people. Yeah. Love that. Um, and like people's body parts being used as weapons. Yeah, 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 sure and you get those in spades in this, including someone being impaled by someone else's dismembered arm, which okay. I'd never seen that No, before. that's new, fair play, that that's was, new. Yeah, very unique. Yes, exactly. Um, so yeah, just funny violence that's extremely over the top. Um, I liked it a lot. You were saying it's apparently pretty divisive, and I've, now I've yeah, noticed. I've, I've, I've yeah. seen it being divisive. I've seen people not keen on it at all. But I, yeah. I, you've you've inspired me. You've you've given me hope that it's going to be something that I'll enjoy. Yeah, I think like you know what I said to you is that like you have we've discussed this before even with Dungeons and Dragons last week that like you have a little lower tolerance for the horror comedy. Yes, I do. Than I do, but I don't think that it's like so. Um, yeah, those kind of. Uh, patting themselves on the back for being yeah, so funny, yeah, kind yeah, of. Smug. Yeah, exactly. I think it it's, hits the right spot with that, and that the the volume of violence <laughs> in it is going to keep you happy no matter what. So. Fine, okay. Yeah, you, I think you'll you enjoy it. turned me around. Yeah. Um, started a show with Jen and Richard. Yeah. Um, called Hive? Swarm. Swarm, not Hive on, um, I think it's on like Amazon or something like that. That, I guess it's made by Childish Gambino, Donald Glover. Um, and I don't watch Atlanta, so I don't know, maybe Atlanta is like this too and it's just not my thing. But it's essentially like kind of someone who was like a giant fan of this pop star and is supposed to sort of be like the beehive for Beyonce. Yeah, yeah. The swarm for whatever this person is and it feels very much like a web series to me like just kind of a weird pacing low budget feel yeah. um and like like they're barely working with a script in it um jen and richard liked it more than i did but it just didn't you know and then it kind of escalates into like violence and murder and stuff like that in this and i guess over the course of the series this character is going to become like a, a more unhinged serial killer type person yeah um yeah, it didn't grab me. Uh, wait, why did I find it? Because it does sound I'm not I think it's uh, Prime, yeah. but uh, we went through, we were having one of those nights, you know, where you like, you just search every single service. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, I don't know, I'm not sure, I don't know what I want to watch. And then you just like pick something. So at that point, we'd been through like every single possible app there was before we picked watching that. But I want to say it's Prime. Um, so I don't know, you might, it's short, so it's something that's like probably worth like, yeah, yeah. give it a half hour of Take watching it, it on, yeah. figure it out. It just, for me, didn't, didn't hit, you know? 
Uh, okay, well, I've done a couple of episodes of Beef. I'm three yes. episodes into Beef. Took a while to land. Mm-hmm. It's, a word, it's a word I find difficult to say without beef. It's a, it's, <laughs> I've been watching Beef. It is. You it can't is say it gently, can you, Beef? No. Plus, I think it's stylistically, it's capitalised, isn't it? It is, yeah. I, which I, I enjoy. I like when people do that. I hope, I, hope, I hope that doesn't get kind of... I hope not too many people start... Intentionally spelling things right. with capitals because of it. It's like when we used to, when it became popular to leave vowels out of things. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. But beef, beef. Uh, it took me a while. It took me until like halfway through the second episode to start to enjoy it. But I am enjoying it mightily now and will gladly stick with it. And like you just said, having a punchy episode runtime is just the best. It's yeah. it always goes in something's favour to leave you wanting more. Yeah, exactly. And I think as that show ramps up, I think you're going to like it more and more because it really, I mean, the stakes just get higher and higher and higher in that show and it becomes just deeply insane by the last couple episodes. I love that I did get a text message from you when you were watching it that was like, so this is really what church is like? Yeah, so you say that they they nail that, did you? They nail it through the entire series. They absolutely spot on get what like a standard non-denominational church, especially the ones like in like Irvine that are largely Asian, but really anyone in in the the area. The music is spot on. That is, I've never seen a show get the music that perfectly, like coming in and you can see like how, you know, when you see him in episode three go in there and sort of break down, you can see how the music is designed to do that to you, you know, Uh, with the way that it swells and the sound of the, the voice and all that kind of stuff, like, Absolutely. And in one of the episodes, like, he actively, I think I said this last week, but he, like, sings, like, a real worship song in it when he's leading worship. And, you know, one that anyone who's been to church in the last 15 years would know. Yeah. Um, and it just gets it spot on. So I thought that was so funny when you texted me. You're like, wow, this is, <laughs> this is really what it's like. Yes. Every, I've never seen anything get it like that. Nice. I love that. Yeah. Uh, but no, if, if you know what you say is true and from here on out it gets more tense, more horrific, uh, then yeah, I'm along for the ride. But again, snappy episodes. Mm-hmm. I couldn't watch an hour of that. Yeah, that's exactly it. For multiple reasons, I couldn't watch an, an hour of those things. But because it's, you know, I think like the longest one is probably like 45 minutes or something yeah. like that on board. Also, fucking succession this week, which oh. we won't spoil, but Jesus Christ. Yeah, uh, so let me think. <laughs> There have been a couple of moments in terms of TV that have stood out to me and, and are, uh, for me, unforgettable, right? Mm-hmm. Some of these are uh, Twin Peaks, um, season three, I think it was episode eight. So the, the, the revamp, the remake, the revisit. Oh, okay. I, I think it was episode that. eight. Um, as, but as abstract and as inscrutable, but at the same time impactful as anything you will ever see on TV. Sure. I'll, I'll remember that forever. Um, a particular episode of Breaking Bad, uh, I believe it's called Run. Mm-hmm. Just fuck. <laughs> I clearly remembered saying to myself, TV will never be as good as this again. Right. Uh, an episode of Doctor Who called La 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 La, what's it called? The episode of Doctor Who. It's one where he uh, puts his Time Lord essence into a fob watch and, and has a, a, a relationship and becomes human, essentially, mm-hmm. and goes back in time and has a relationship with a woman played by her off-spaced. Uh, and he's a school teacher in, in Victorian England. Mm-hmm. And it's fucking so beautiful. It's transcendentally beautiful. Uh, and when it becomes clear that he's not who he thinks he is, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, emergencies cause him to need to open the watch again and he debates himself and he, you know, he, he doesn't want to lose the man that he is for the time right. that he isn't. And it's <clears throat> so good. And this week's succession was another one of those moments, just a uh, a piece of work which elevates the genre, which elevates the form that it's in. Uh, it isn't just a great piece of TV, it's a fantastic work of just creation by everyone involved. Just brilliant, brilliant work. Yeah, absolutely that. It's, I mean, it, it's definitely one of those ones that's going to go Being Human is the name of that Doctor Who episode. Ah, okay. There we go. And that Doctor Who episode, sorry, is it comes in a run. It's, it, it's either the third or the fourth series of the uh, the reboot. 
it, it comes in a, a run of like four or five episodes where Doctor Who's the strongest it's ever been. It's just bang, mm. bang, 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 and everyone is fucking Amazing. brilliant. Human nature. It isn't called being human, it's okay. called human nature. Nice. Yes. One of these days, you, you've said that you're going to make me a list of like must watch Who, because I watched it, you oh, know, growing to. up, I watched yeah, yeah, it, yeah. and, you know, watched through Tenant, um, and like have seen episodes of the Matt Smith one, but never all the way through and so I was like and now it just feels so daunting yeah yeah so you've I got a you've got to make like a good primer I will make you a playlist I will make yeah. you a Doctor Who playlist of maybe three or four good episodes per season oh yeah to bring you up be to speed. beautiful it'll we be can... tough to get three or four episodes out <laughs> of the out last of... <laughs> few years to be honest because it's been fucking yeah. dogging maybe you can just do you know necessary yeah. episodes of the last yeah. right where were we yeah uh Doctor Who, years and years and years of shit. Sorry, braked quite sharply there. Almost sent you through the windscreen. Corrie through the windscreen I glass. I it's an adventure. <laughs> uh, I guess we better get on to talking about... The main event. The Pope's <laughs> Exorcist. What a ride, wasn't what a ride. it, Mark Lewis? Right, so firstly, I've said before... On more than one occasion, how, you know, with the number of eyes and notes and revisions and approvals and, you know, meetings and focus groups that movies go through, that's the title, is it? <laughs> that's the title that they arrived on. The Pope's Exorcist. Exorcist, yeah. He's not just any exorcist. No. I'm the Pope's Exorcist. I'm, I'm Russell Crowe. I'm Russell Crowe and I'm the Pope's exorcist. We've got a case of demons here in the Vatican. Does he ever play Australian? I'm sure he has done. At some point in his life, but I feel like since he's become, you know, Russell Crowe, you yeah, don't yeah, really, yeah. you don't get Australian Russell Crowe. We've got a case of demons here, your holiness. <laughs> your, your eminence, there's demons in the Vatican. <laughs> and I'm Russell, I'm, the, I'm your exorcist, I'm the Pope's exorcist. Now, expectations were low. Quite. And they were met. Yes. Yep. Uh, what can we say about The Pope's Exorcist? It's ridiculous. It's an absurd right. movie. Absolutely an absurd film. Uh, I mean, Russell Crowe, as we determined, is not the problem uh, with this movie. He's not the problem. He's not the fucking problem. Uh, no. I hold he should have done the voice of Mario. I agree. Oh, we haven't talked about the Super Mario film. Do we need to talk about Did the Super we? Mario film? Uh, um, I didn't like it. I quite liked it, but I was with my kids who did like it. Yeah. Just look, bottom line in the Super Mario film, you don't need to go and see it. Right. You don't. You All don't. you need to do is sit there and imagine what you think it might be. Have you ever and watched someone play Mario Kart? You've yeah. seen the Super Mario movie. Yeah, it's like that. With the it, it, Hey, if you even played Mario Kart yourself, it's sure. like that. There's the same feeling of helplessness <laughs> and of being just a passenger. Uh, there's even a good blue shell in there for you. Yes, there is. Mm. But anyway, Super Mario there. The Pope's Exorcist, on the other hand... Uh, I think you do need to go and see. Like, kinda. That's the thing. It was the quickest, like, change in attitude between the watching it where you're going, fuck me, this is awful, yeah. and the get out, getting out and going, huh, yeah. okay. Yeah, in the space between the, the cinema doors and... <laughs> between you know, saying to that guy that was yeah. shit. <laughs> between the cinema doors and the outside world, leaving the, the kind of shopping mall, I had a complete 180 on the film and uh, it's actually super entertaining, super fun. It commits to itself fully. It does, yes. It knows, it seems to know that it's fucking ridiculous shit and it leans <laughs> right into it. It's the most ridiculous shit. Uh, if I were a hack, I would call it Men in Black meets Drag Me to Hell meets The Exorcist. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah? Yeah. It's completely po-faced, no sense of humour. Uh, I mean, I think it does, it's just that's not what's funny about it. Uh, like, it's on. definitely trying... I think, like, the exorcist guy himself, uh, Gabriel, he's, like, he's got a sense of, of oh, humor, hey, you know? like He's, he's eccentric. Yeah, the he's eccentric, yeah. Yeah, Russell so Crowe's the titular Pope's exorcist yes. is a, uh, uh, a quite involved in himself, quite bought into his own self-image as this lone rider out there fighting the forces of evil. Yeah. Uh, you know, celebrity status. He knows he's had books written about him. He knows that he's legendary. And, you know, that plays into his his downfall. Right. Um, 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 but but yes, the, the film itself yeah. doesn't have a sense of humour. Yeah, about the, the, what's, the things that are going on and the way it's portrayed are definitely very self-serious and are thus 
deeply unintentionally funny, funny when the hilarious shit that happens happens in a film that doesn't seem to realize it's a comedy there <laughs> yes, you go exactly there that. you go That's it's exactly a film that doesn't happening. know how funny it is for example the fact that you know there's like sort of a sidekick priest uh, in this movie who is like for the most part like really dedicated and committed and kind of badass <laughs> and like saving these moments from happening except when he sees tits he and then he becomes completely control useless himself in the face of titties yep just because <laughs> the, the underlying <laughs> theme of the film is your sins will find you out right yes your sins will seek you out and that's exactly what happens in this movie the, the past sins of our protagonists find them out and for our uh, you know the younger priest in the film those sins are titties titties he cannot get Can't enough of resist them resist the titties uh, which in and of itself also you know from the what are you doing go on <laughs> uh, from the like the way that it's set up so like you know there's basically a child who has been possessed by this very, very powerful demon and is thus, you know, sort of calling out the sins of these people, which in and of itself also, this kid is no Linda Blair. No. Um, and just kind of looks like a kid making he's a He's like Blair. <laughs> One for the Brits then. Okay. Um, he's um, making like grumpy kid face the whole time, but then with this voice that sounds like it's out of like the Pirates of the Caribbean ride <laughs> or something. It like, is. It is. <laughs> And um, and so, you know, he says much like Linda Blair and the actress, like very vulgar things. But so he's oh, calling some out of the, them are brilliant. some of them are right. very good. I'm going to, there's going to be spoilers herein, right? For the, the Pope's yeah. exorcist. And nothing, it was spoiling it. When we came out of it, we were like, okay, can we get this story straight? Because we're not entirely sure what happened yeah, here. Yeah, we had so to piece together to the plot To say spoiling beats. it, we yeah. will not be spoiling anything for you. You simply have to see it. But at, uh, at one point, uh, you know, the 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 kids and their mum move into this old dilapidated uh, uh, Catholic abbey, right? A Catholic church, which is run down and which they've bought and which they want to flip and renovate to earn some money, right? So they uncover demons in the basement, uh, which are the remnants of the Spanish Inquisition, right? The Spanish Inquisition was actually demons uh, <laughs> attempting to infiltrate the Vatican. What a fucking concept, I mean. Yep. Uh, so during the during the construction work, they release these demons and hell breaks loose, literally. Yeah. But whereas in The Exorcist, you know, uh, the demon speaking through Blair, Linda Blair says read some really horrible, chilling things. <laughs> you know, the mother sucks cocks in hell and all that. The... This demon is kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Really is, At yeah. one point, uh, the, the, the kid's mum is like, you know, dabbing his brow with a cold compress to try and bring him back. Come, please come back to us. And he wakes up like a demon, grabs her titty, <laughs> grabs her titty, and goes, You never breastfed me, mum! <laughs> oh, God. Corey and I looked at one another like, Oh, right. <laughs> Is that where I we think are? there were like just little like little now. giggles throughout the whole theater at that. Like, what the fuck? Fucking hell! What? Yeah, and that's not even. There's an even crazier sort of string that he puts together later about the fucking like the. I don't yeah. even. Do you know what I'm gonna do to you, priest. Father? I'm gonna fuck you, <laughs> and you're gonna come, and you're gonna feel terrible about it. That's that's the line. That's it's, the line. It's so do good. You know what I'm gonna do to you, Padre. <laughs> I'm gonna fuck you. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> Woo! It's uh, it's ridiculous. Um, so yeah, I feel like the whole thing like is kind of played that way, where it's like these things. That, I think it's going for that. It's supposed to be that sort of like your mother sucks <gasps> cocks, and, cocks in hell kind of thing. God, but instead, you're just like just say that, yeah. Um, and there's like <laughs> there's a point at which like a demon just straight explodes in a bloody mess. Like, which, <laughs> ah, that was fantastic. Yeah, I love that. It was phenomenal and again very funny but yeah. I don't think the movie knew no <laughs> that was funny the last the last 50 minutes it it eschews all of its heritage yeah look putting the word exorcist in your title <laughs> is bold right you're, yes, you're yeah. tapping into something yeah you know that your audience has seen the exorcist and you know they are expecting certain things yeah and in the last 50 minutes of this film it eschews all of that expectation <laughs> all of that lineage and it becomes something more like it's demonic men in black. It really is. Like it deeply channels men in black in like you can't help but make that yep. comparison. Yeah. 
which was very surprising to me. That's yes. I think that's what I said to you at the end of it was like I did not expect this to become yeah. Men in Black with demons. <laughs> you know, they obviously want it to do well. They obviously want a Pope's Exorcist franchise right. here. Yes, exactly. And the closing moments of the film, they're taken to this secret layer in the Vatican, yeah. far beneath, far beneath the the you know ground level, where they're pouring over demonic texts. Father, there are hundreds more of these demons around the world. You half expect like demons in like suits to be walking by in the background. Yeah, the background, you know? yeah, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> and you know the the Russell Crowe and his protege look at one another. Let's go to work. They even say that. Let's, let's go to hell. Let's, yeah, let's, <laughs> let's go to hell. Um, and crash. Close credits. Yeah. Fuck. What a what a piece. What a piece of work is this film. Oh man, it is really yeah. It's something, and uh, you, yeah, you go through it kind of like, Jesus Christ, this is awful, but it is kind of fun. It's a load of fun. I, I left it just being so pleased with the film. Yeah. Right, and uh, Corey and I had you know we had dinner beforehand, and we were chatting about things that we were mm, definitely going to mm-hmm. see in this film. You know that any film with possession or a demon in it in the year of our Lord twenty twenty three has to have. A, a bit where the possessed human bends over backwards and does like a little crab walk yep, on yep. their feet and hands, maybe with loads of crunchy bone sounds. Of course. Uh, maybe they'll scuttle up a wall under the ceiling. Mm-hmm. This happened. This happened. This yep. happened and Corey and I met one another's eye and punched the ear. Yes. <laughs> um, one thing that it does pull off, mm. which I'm, I'm still frankly astounded that it managed to do, uh, no way can they work in the title of The Pope's Exorcist into this film, can they? <laughs> no way is someone actually going to say The Pope's Exorcist. <laughs> and, and they it, had us a few times. A few know, times we they give like, you a little oh, tickle. They, they cock tease oh. you a little bit. Going, I'm the appointed religious... <laughs> I'm the appointed religious emissary <laughs> of the holiest man in the kingdom. Go on, say it. Come on. Say it, say it, say it. And they pull it away from you at the last minute. But then later on without any fanfare or signposting, he goes, but you're, you're the Pope's exorcist. <laughs> yes! And yes. the entire theatre erupted in a Mexican wave. <laughs> and Vuvuzelas went off. <laughs> uh, and it, it says the Pope's exorcist. You've got a creaky crab walk. Mm-hmm. You've got ridiculous CG effects in the end. You've got men yeah. in black meat to drag me to hell. I mean, how can you fault that? How can you fault that? It's, it, right, it's, I have no time generally for the so bad it's good genre, right? No time at all. Mm. I think, I think, I think it's frankly a myth. I think people make it up. But last night, friends, I saw a movie that was so bad it was fucking awesome. Yeah, which I felt good about because you know I've often said that there are many movies that are so bad it's good, you know. And, and I'm a, I'm a fan of that kind of movie. So to have you yep. have that experience at long last felt very yep. validating. It was great to me. catch one out of the wild. Yes, it really was. Now, friends, uh, Corey did signpost the week before last that the travel episode is going to be somewhat different, somewhat, uh, you know, somewhat a little bit more train stream of consciousness and so on. We're going to have to wrap this one up because we're running out of space on the fucking card in my GoPro. Yes, I do want to quickly shout out the book club who, in Uh, spite of me fucking it up this week, uh, managed to find a way. They went to the Discord and they held the book club themselves without being able to access my Zoom that I thought that they were going to be able to use and I just think that's absolutely magical and what a dedicated bunch of right? fans we have so good so uh, I promise next time we'll be on the ball uh, we'll be we'll be back to normal and all yep. that kind of stuff but just wanted to shout them out and say you are all amazing yep and for the thrice blessed you'll have posts coming soon mm. yeah what posts is? post Joag fucking mail yes we will next week when we go on our next adventure we will find something for you yep and uh, I'm going to personally kiss each and every envelope yes exactly yeah so look forward to that yep darling friends and until then until then from the M5 just outside Worcester Corrigan and I your co-hosts in terror say to you at the wheel of death stay spooky spooky